0: You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you stories that remind us who God is and who we are in Him. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Podcast, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 18 of The Collected Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Biondo, and this week I am so excited to bring you a conversation with a woman of God from literally the other side of the world. She lives in Ghana. She's from the Netherlands. So she has just a crazy life story of where God has taken her on her journey. Um, so I am so honored and excited to welcome Crystal Awu. Crystal, welcome to the show. Thanks so
1: much for inviting me. I'm honored and um, excited.
0: Yes, I'm so excited. And um, I know you have quite a faith journey. Of how you came to know the Lord, um, so mm. I was wondering if we could start there.
1: That's okay. Um, yeah, so I'm raised as a as an atheist. Um, so in my let me say my younger life, with my parents raised me, I had never went to church, never read the Bible. Um, I excuse me, say I hated Christians. I hated church. Uh, I couldn't say I hated God because I said I don't, I didn't believe in Him. Um, that was my life. I was full of anger, uh, and stubborn. <laughs> really different. And then, when I was uh, 25, um, I went into a practical uh, research for my master's thesis. Uh, so in that, I was studying in the Netherlands for my masters, and I wanted to do field research. And eventually, the choice became Ghana, where I live now. Um, I didn't have to do anything with that, but uh, that became the choice. Um, I got scholarships from various foundations to get to Ghana. Uh, I made sure I applied funds from non-religious um, foundations, and the ones who said you should be not, not have any religion, then they will help you. Those are the ones I selected. And <laughs> I went to Ghana for four months, and I met Christ in Ghana. Um, So actually from day one of my stay in Ghana for my thesis, literally the last evening in Ghana, uh, God brought so many encounters on my way that I did not have any other choice than to admit that, to accept Christ as Lord and admit that He is my Lord. Um, So I went to Ghana as an atheist for my research and I returned as a born-again Christian Uh, and that's where my journey, like looking for a church, um, etc., where it all started.
0: Wow. So that's a huge transformation to go from hating Christians yes. to becoming one yourself. So in those first early days of Ghana, can you share any of those experiences that God brought yes, your way to change you?
1: I can. I didn't like it at all what was happening at all. <laughs> uh, so I think in my first week um, when I had to visit the cultural center to interview um, people there um, I, I I had a guidebook a tourist guidebook but I couldn't find the place so I approached somebody on the roadside who was walking there and he said okay he can uh, bring me to the place uh, actually I was going to see a sword a cultural sword uh, but I had to promise him I would listen to him till he got me there and I said okay I, I promise I regretted I <laughs> promised him that because all that he was talking about is eternal life in heaven and I couldn't say I don't want it because I made a promise. And as much as I was an atheist, I, I kept my promises. I had promised him, so I have to listen till the end. and uh, so he brought me to the place, uh, a cultural sort that I didn't know that time is it has an occult background. So the mum brought me, he said, He has no idea what I want there, but he promised me to bring me there. So he did it and he left. And truly I was there and I looked at the place. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing here, and I also left. Um uh, that was one of them. Um, on the roadside, young people, they, um, because I have a different skin color in Ghana, um, are brown. So they called me Obruni, which means white, white lady. Obruni, do you know Jesus? And I became again angry. I said, no, 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 no. I'm from the Netherlands. I, I don't believe in that. <laughs> and then it went on like that. Um, there was a British, in the guest house where I stayed, uh, a British missionary. Sorry, no, they were British missionaries, and they had met another Christian whom they teamed up and they stayed there. Um, But that man, um, I find him very weird. Um, I knew he was a Christian. I didn't understand him. Uh, If I look in his eyes, I, I said, this man is not from this world. I didn't know I was right when I got born again. Then I realized that indeed what I saw at that time was true. He is not of this world because as Christians, we are not of this world. Mm. Um, so he became very ill and so ill he had to be admitted in a hospital. Um, in Ghana those days, uh, if you don't have family or friends, um, it's very difficult to be in hospital, so I, I visited him. Uh, I updated him about my Um things which didn't go well. Um, I had to do an interview with a professor and uh, that didn't work well. So I told them that on a Tuesday evening that I couldn't get the interview. I returned back to my guest house um, to eat and sleep. And then that professor showed up in the guest house and I got very confused. I said, oh, you're coming coincidentally to see somebody. said, no, 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 I come for you. You want an interview? I will do it now. So he, did, he gave me the interview, wow, well, for like two months he had been tossing me up and down. The next morning I visited the mum in the hospital and he, I entered the hospital room and asked me, and I asked him, and what? He said, the interview. I was completely shocked. He said, I had an interview yesterday, but how can you know? Because when I left here, I was frustrated and he could have not known. And his answer this: I prayed for you. But even up today if I talk of it, the faith that he had, because he had prayed, so he he was not hoping it will happen. He knew it will happen, that I would get that interview. And I was standing there in the room and I said, I don't believe what is happening, because I don't believe in God and it cannot be and yet I have the proof here right in my face that that it happened. And that but that's one of the things, there are many things, so if we have more time, I will continue talking. Yeah. Um, people would um, quote scriptures to me, which also made me very angry that Angry about being a sinner. It's better to cut off your hand and um, be safe than to go and to hell with two hands. And I was angry, I'm not a sinner, so what are you talking about? Um, all those instances, and I... Afterwards, I thought it's funny he didn't give up on me. Even no matter how I was so bored and I didn't like it, he kept bringing different different people my way. And um, because I was interested in the culture, um, the those um, missionaries and people from the church in the area, they said they're going on a crusade and they asked me if I want to join. I said, "Oh yes, I'm interested. So I want to know about it." I didn't know what a crusade was, yeah. so I, I joined. the <laughs> Um, in a bus, uh, we went to a really a remote place, really a village. It was evening, um, no other transport, so far away it was. And we arrived there, and those British missionaries uh, went to stand on the podium and they started preaching, um, evangelizing. And I became, again, so angry, and I couldn't leave. There was no transportation back. It was dark. Nobody would have wanted to take me, so I stayed as far away as possible. I could from, from the crowd. Um, I was also, um, those British people, they are white, they are preaching to Ghanaians. So I really felt like I'm back in colonial times, white people you are oppressing, bringing your religion and et cetera. But again, I was there, I couldn't walk away. So whatever was said, whatever, was, it, had, it has entered me. And I really believe God has worked that way in me, like by and by, filling me with. So many people from so different, many different angles, um, coming my way. Um, and, the same British man who was in the hospital, um, one day was there, so he had to be washed. And so I helped him in the bath uh, and I was washing him. And all of a sudden he said, um, God is showing him something. And he said, he is so ill, he can't wash himself and I have to wash him. He said, God showed him that in the same way. We cannot wash ourselves from our sins. We need God to wash away our sins, and that has up to today. I really believe that that has been the biggest impact on my life. Um, I didn't really understand what he was saying, but as now it's more than twenty-five years later, I really know that moment when the man said that and spoke to me, and it's true. And wow! We can't do it ourselves. Yeah.
0: Wow. I mean, just all the people God put in your path, He was chasing after you (laughs) and trapping you at a crusade.
1: Yes, exactly. A crusade and so many things. And I always said, I was not minding Him, not looking for Him when I was in Holland. So He brought me, I always just said, He brought me to Ghana where He could reach me. Um, Yeah. And he wants it, so I said, well, I was not minding him that his eyes were on me. That's still up to today. I'm I'm amazed about it.
0: Yeah. So I'd imagine that when you decided to follow Jesus, a lot most likely changed in your life. So what happened next?
1: Um, everything, indeed, literary changed. So I returned to Holland, so my friends, my family, obviously they were not believers, and they were really not believers. I mean, you have people who are okay, but my friends and family, uh, they really didn't want to have anything to do with Christ. And um, So even eventually, uh, to make a long story short again, is that I lost contact uh, with my, met my family, with my parents, uh, though we stayed for some time, but it's they really didn't understand me. Uh, they thought I was brainwashed. Mm. Um, they even in, almost intended to come to my house and pick me and take them to them because they really thought like i curled, brainwashed, and it's not my decision. It was, um, I understand it difficult for them as well. But I knew it was not that, and I knew I made the right choice. Um, a friend, uh, also, they also left it. I what God has given me in return for that is so much bigger, so much um, whole, making whole compared to before.
0: What encouragement would you have for someone who's listening right now who feels like they've had to give up so much to follow something God is telling them to do and it feels really hard and it feels like a loss? What might you have
1: for them? Um yeah, stay close to God. Stay close to Him. I I rely on His scriptures, on His Word. So read read daily and that sounds maybe very technically that this word is not just letters on, on in a book. It, it's it's powerful, it's a light and transforms our life and we really need that to go on every day. Um, and deal with our minds, you know, our minds can continue repeating negative feedback, experiences, doubts. It can be, it will be thrown all the time to our mind. And that is human. It happens to all of us, but we have a choice. Uh, God has given us a choice to, we can choose what we keep in our minds and what we cast out. Uh, and that is really very important uh, to know how to deal with your mind. So if, like I said, people are going through things or have given up many things, yes, you will think of it, like me with my family, I, I thought of it, and even, let's say, 15 years on the way, when I hadn't seen for many years, I uh, got very ill, I was in hospital, I had my husband, but I missed my family. First, I didn't understand it, but I said, yeah, it's because you see other people with the family, and uh, so we are human, we have those feelings, mm-hmm. um, but... Focusing on what God has given us in return, dealing with our minds, uh, we can, we our minds with His Word. That's why it's, I find it so important to read His Word. Um, affirmation, and you can use, um, biblical affirmation uh, to repeat for yourself. But if, if you deal with your mind, um, you don't listen to negative thoughts and doubts and don't let them in whatever was already in your mind you 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 cast it out you know we have we have gotten that power to bring every thought in our mind to obedience of Christ so we can cast them out but the next thing we have to do is to fill it because if we leave our minds empty the devil can come negative thoughts can come in so we fill our minds with God's thoughts um, and that is for me I, other people may always, but for me, it's the only way to go on because with His Word, feeding yourself with His Word, keeping your mind focused on Him, and you do that with His Word, that will enable you to go through. Pray, ask the Holy Spirit um, to guide you, yeah, and always remember why you are doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good and so powerful. What are some examples of biblical affirmations
1: that maybe you go back to time and time again? For me, there's one where I go time and time again, and that is actually a scripture. So affirmations can be literally scripture, mm-hmm. or you can uh, transform scripture, or you can do it on the, the message behind it. But the one for me is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which is on Philippians 4.13. That is really my life where um, It helps me to go through Everything, literally everything. So everything which is difficult, um, I remember that verse, but also my daily tasks. Uh, It's not something I do once a month or when I'm in trouble. Um, Always. uh,
0: Yeah. I encourage myself with that. Mm. Well, and that also happens to sort of be related to the title of the new book you're working on, I Can Do Correct. It, Finding Confidence in Christ. Can you tell us a little bit more about the heart behind this book, why you wrote it, and a little more what it's about? Yes. Uh,
1: yes um, even though the book was not written in that you can see it for women, but I, whatever I've written is really it's in my heart a passion for women, mm-hmm. um, general women, but I'm especially Christian women, but generally women um, who look down on themselves, um, maybe because of environment, childhood experiences, um, the way we have been grown grow up, there can be so many things in our lives can happen, which cause, um, us to have a low confidence, self-confidence, uh, before I got born again, I also had an extremely low self-confidence, uh, it was really through Christ to know him and his love for him that I got my self-confidence in, in, in him, through him, um. So, originally, I was about overcoming uh, inferiority complex, but it sounds quite negative, and I would rather like to focus on the positiveness, as it's finding the confidence in Christ. So, yes, you have to overcome the negativity, but with a focus on what you get in return, that is getting confidence in Christ. Uh, so, the book is written for, for women um, who have... A little low self-confidence or the ones who have huge self, low self-confidence. Uh, so in the book, I first deal with what it actually is. How how does it come? What are the symptoms? What are the causes? Just to understand it, because I believe if you don't know what something is, it's very difficult to deal with it. And um, so much of the beginning part um, speak about that. Uh, then I go into what God says about it. How she how does God see our identity in Him? Um, Because I really believe when you know your identity in Christ, there wouldn't be any low self-confidence anymore. That does not happen in one day. It's a habit. You know, we have been this way all our lives. So uh, a message throughout the book is also not to give up. So like when you start changing, when you start trying things, it's one day at a time. Don't look back. Um, Habits are built in 30 days, averagely, if you do practice something every day. So... Building of confidence also takes, it takes time. Yeah. And then later in the book, um, I give various, um, I call it mental exercises, things you can do um, to keep yourself on track. Because after we have overcome and we have found our confidence, it's very important to remain alert. Because if you don't remain alert before you see, you just you slide back down to wherever you were. Yeah.
0: Mm. This sounds so good and so timely. Like the world right now is just chasing after our identities and wanting us to place our identities in culture. Or, I mean, so many, there's so many distractions right now. So, what are some things that the Bible says about our identity in Christ?
1: And it's a whole list. If I speak it in the U form, you are chosen, you are free, mm. you are loved, you are blessed, you're more than a conqueror, you're an overcomer, and you are precious, you're righteous, and all of this. And For me, I, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, it's also your identity you have in Christ.
0: Mm. Um, yes, those are so good. And I just feel like someone out there needed that reminder that they are chosen and beloved and free and the weight they're carrying. Jesus has already done the work to bring freedom from that shame and that guilt and that doubt and that bitterness. Um, And so sometimes it's just a matter of releasing it to him and being rooted in our true identity, which is easier said than done. You know, yes. like, like you Correct.
1: said, it's a daily yeah. choice to yeah. do that. But there's one uh, one mental exercise. That I just remember, thought of it when you said, you are lost. Uh, you know, when I just got born again, when I returned to the Netherlands, um, I was in yeah, 25. So I attended a, uh, a young adult meeting where that time there was a guest preacher. And right during while he was talking, all of a sudden he stopped. He turned to me and he said, repeat after me. God loved me, so I did, and I I broke. <laughs> mm. That has changed so much in my life because even though I was born again, I still thought nobody loved me. I I thought I was not loved. Uh, nobody liked me. Um, but God has really used that man, and He found it. God found it needed that I would say it myself because the man could have said, "God loves you." But he said, repeat after me, God loves me. So I did. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been become a daily practice for me and which has turned in what I call a mirror looking. So what I do since that day till now, that's more than 25 years. So in the morning, um, the first thing, if I see myself in a mirror, I look in the mirror and I say, God loves me. In the evening before I sleep, I do the same thing. Um, I call it mirror-looking, which is speak to yourself. And of course, the, the truth of God God's words, you are speaking every day, by and by. It will change something in yourself. And you can do it every day. You can do it throughout the day, and like taking a selfie or the, any moment of the day, you can do it as well. But if you do it morning and evening, then it's the first thing you do in the morning, the last thing in the night. And it really builds something up. But knowing that God loves you, knowing that your mind is so different from really knowing it with your whole being that He really loves you. Yeah.
0: That is so good. And you call that mirror looking? Pardon Did you say that was yeah, called mirror, mirror looking? looking? Yes, mirror I looking.
1: I call love it mirror that. looking.
0: And I wanna challenge everyone listening and myself to do that. Start with just the next for the next week, every single morning, every single night. The first and last thing you do in your day, look yourself in the mirror and remind yourself God loves you. And do it out loud, even if other people are around. Do it out loud because there's power in spoken word. Um, That is so good. I'm I'm doing it. (laughs) Amen. <laughs> um, so as so you have you know this book you you're you finished writing it and hopefully it'll be out soon um but i know you also have a blog and a coaching business and so many other things you do relating to women's women's ministry um so yes. could you tell us a little bit about the coaching business and how that came to be
1: um yeah so i um, i coach women definitely. um Women can come to me with any topic, That my passion is confidence coaching, helping women uh, regain confidence, build confidence step by step, little by little. Uh, and a lot can be done by coaching. And I started two years ago. Um, actually I wanted to, I thought I wanted to do a theology, um, masters or PhD. Uh, I was looking for something. I said uh, I felt like the work I'm doing in the ladies' ministry in my church. My church is very big. I felt like I need something, something academic to back me up. So I searched everywhere. I I even um, enrolled in the U.S., um, but for some reason I didn't bring it into practical. So I continued searching, and then I came across uh, coaching, uh, Christian coaching. Sorry, coaching in general, and I thought, well, what I see about coaching that is what I have been doing all my life, only I didn't know it is called coaching. Yeah, uh, that is honestly how I <laughs> enrolled in it. And um, well, and as a coach, uh, there is no currently no legislation, everybody can call himself a coach. But that said when I am going to do something for God, I have to do the best, I have to give him the best, so I will uh, pass through uh, training, I will do whatever is needed to become the best coach I can be for him, for his kingdom, um, then again, I could could have chosen a secular coaching that I said then I would I choose the Christian Coaching Institute, which I did in the U.S., and I'm um, thankful that that's what I did, uh, because Christian coaching is really different from coaching,
0: mm.
1: from normal coaching. So one of the things I love from what I learned there, they, say they call it masterful coaching, You learn to coach masterful, to do the best thing you can do, like um, in the theory. But the second part is masterful. We are full of the master. So it's full uh, of him in the coaching. And that that is really what I love. And what I love about coaching, Christian coaching, is that uh, you look where somebody is now. uh, So we don't look to the past much. Counseling is more directed to the past, uh, overcoming trauma. Uh, though in coaching, we could come across it because how you are now, often it has come to the past. But the Christian coaching, look, where are you now? Where does God want you to be? And how do you overcome that gap? And mm. that is really the difference between Christian coaching and normal coaching. Normal coaching says, where are you now? Where do you want to be? And how do you cross over there? And I also believe God has already put in everybody who will come my way or who is being coached by somebody else, uh, God has already placed in you uh, what you need. What I do is help you to draw out what God already placed in you, and I really see amazing things happening in coaching, um it, it fulfills me. It fulfills me if I see somebody who starts in the beginning, direction, doesn't know, things she cannot do things, and at the end she has the motivation, and yes, and I can do it, I can do this, and I can believe in herself. That, that is really, really what fulfills me. It makes me happy. Yeah.
0: That is so good. And so, in the process of training to be a coach, you found what ignites your passion too and the thing that God designed yes. you to do. True. That's so beautiful. Yes. So, as you've walked with the Lord for, you said, 25 years now, what have you learned about his character along the way?
1: Um, he's lost, of course, that he doesn't give up. He doesn't give up uh, on us. Um, we, Martins and I together we have gone through many, many struggles, challenges, setbacks, uh, but we have always come out. So no matter how many times we fall down, we always get up. You know, the Bible said the right is false seven times but out of it, each of it we get up and that is the God of God so he's always there uh, he never gives up on us um, even if we think everything is over um, he's still there and we've seen it by and by every time when we look back he said, oh we made it and that is yeah, such a faithful faithful God yeah. and again my verse that whatever we do that he always gives you the strength I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and he does it, and what He can accomplish through me is so much more than what I can uh, do myself. Yeah. Yeah. And forgiving, not judging, I find that very important God doesn't judge, so I, I don't judge anybody. Um, nobody, nobody. And I think that's a very powerful character trait of God, in not judging. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, and I think it's so important, you know, whenever we talk about our identities in God, to also circle back to who who He is. Because that's, you know, if we're yeah. in Him, we got to know who He is. And so I love those those character traits. And yeah. um, I'll make exactly. a note of We are those, created in His image. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and those will all be listed. Everything you mentioned and all those affirmations from earlier will be in the show notes. So listeners, you can go back and read through those again of all the character traits of God. And then because of those, all the things that He says and speaks over us as well. Um, So Crystal, we are almost out of time. This went really fast. Um, So as we wrap up, what did I miss? What final story or word or bit of inspiration or encouragement is God laying on your heart right now?
1: Um, don't give up. Whoever is listening, whatever you're going through now, if it's difficult, so don't give up. It can be very tempting uh, when things are very tough to give up. And people can, around you can even encourage you to give up because they understand that you can give up uh, but don't give up. You know, God is on your side. He will always come true. He will always make a way. Um, I think that's very important in, in life to always have your eyes on God. Uh, always look look at Him and yeah, don't give up. Mm. Like I say, I don't know why, but I believe that. I keep hearing that, don't give up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Was there a particular time in your life where you had to really walk that out, where you wanted to give up on something but you
1: stuck Several with times. it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Several times, um, but even in all those times, I always knew God has a, a way in it.
0: Mm.
1: Um, like our coming to Ghana uh, wasn't, there was a push. It wasn't a nice way at all. Uh, so we had uh, our companies in Holland, which we had built up for seventeen years, and. Um, I know the time went the end, so I do very good. So I built it up for 17 years and then uh, one company went really without us being the and went bankrupt. Uh, so you have built something for 17 years and from just literally one day on the other, it's all over. And that's oh. really a terrible experience. Yeah. Then three weeks later, that company pulled another company also down. So in three weeks, we had two companies bankrupt, which meant we didn't work. And we couldn't work anymore, both my husband and me, we are hard workers, so all you're sitting, you're sitting there and you can't even work, uh, no income, um, we had a mortgage in-house, we had to sell our house, um, so we, we were literally left with nothing, no house, no income, no work, no company, really, really nothing. Um, it was very difficult, <laughs> yeah. but for some reason, the way I'm laughing now is real. I could even laugh that time, even though it was very painful. Um, I think it was easier for me than for my husband, um, because I knew from all the time that God has something to do in it. So when within in some few months, um, we realized, well, we are moving to Ghana. I said, well, there was no May. My husband, he was wanted to leave Holland and go back to Ghana. So God had to ha- let this happen to push it to Ghana where we build up a life now, so we have our company here now, we have our life, uh, uh, our activity in church, Uh, we both have gotten a ministry in the church, which we didn't have in our church in Holland, so it's a big thing, so if we would have given up in Holland, um, we would have not gotten where we are now, and it would have been a terrible time, well now, even those months, we really We we live on seeing every day the things God did, like our house, it was in the in the years that worldwide there was a, a housing crisis. So our neighbor's house, which is the same as our own, had been on the market for two and a half years and it wasn't sold. Then we put our own on the market and within two weeks we had sold our house. Wow. With a, a broker, yes, it was really amazing. And he told us we should ask a higher price because of a bargain. The people who bought it, they didn't bargain because they wanted the house. They paid us what we asked for the house. So these are the things that even that time, you know, it just gave us the joy. Uh, we know we will, we will get out of it because see all the things God is doing, what is happening. Um, and like we didn't have an income, but somebody who didn't know is in our church, uh, got a bonus, which he said, a yearly bonus, uh, which he didn't want to use for himself. He wanted to give it away. So he approached an elder who coincidentally knew us and he said, well, I'm thinking of this couple. So he gave us actually a bonus which we used to live on, um, also out of nothing. And he didn't want anything in return. even didn't need that we should call him every time, just nothing. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yes. I'm glad I asked that final follow-up question because what a huge <laughs> testimony of literally losing everything that the world yes. would tell you was valuable.
1: Everything. everything. And that we made you, you valuable. Know. Yes. After we sold our house, we walked on the street. We said, even we don't even own a bicycle. Just just nothing. Yeah. We didn't own anything anymore on this earth.
0: Wow. And yet God used what the devil tried to use to tear you down. God used it to get you to where he needed you to be and to show you a more abundant life than you could have ever imagined. Yes. That's amazing. Um, So I love that. I'll just reiterate what you said. Listeners out there, don't give up. Even if things look bleak and you feel lost or you feel like things are not going the way you expected, continue to lean into God and don't give up because He hasn't given up on you and He can use every bit of this to get you to where He needs you to be. Crystal, thank you so much for being on today. What a sweet and encouraging conversation with Crystal. I adored her. And I mean, just the fact that God did such a transformation in her life where she started out for the first half of her life hating Christians and not even believing that there's a God to the complete transformation of now leading others to Christ and being so rooted in her identity and her belief of who Christ is and who she is in Him. Um, And it's just the most beautiful story of redemption and hope, and I love it so much. And it's the whole reason why I do this podcast in the first place. Um, So as she was talking, she mentioned one of the character traits of God, that He is there, He never leaves, and um, I did a deep dive on that name of God, Jehovah Shema, which means the Lord is there. And the first time that we see this name in the Bible is in the book of Ezekiel, when the prophet Ezekiel receives a vision from God, and they use the name Jehovah Shema. And in this vision, Ezekiel is in the New Jerusalem. And yet, at this point in Israelite history, the Israelites have been in captivity In Babylon for 25 years. So the temple and the city are in ruins, and yet this vision from God is a reminder that God is still there in the city and with His people. Even when they're in captivity because of their sin, He has not forsaken them. This name is a powerful reminder to the ancient Israelites that God has not left them He is still there with them in captivity, and He is still there going ahead of them and preparing the new Jerusalem for them. He will be faithful to fulfill everything He promised to them and to us today. So this name, Jehovah Shema, the Lord is there, is also this powerful reminder to us that wherever we are, whatever our circumstance, God is there. He will not leave you He is walking beside you. You are not forsaken. You are not forgotten. No matter what you've done, no matter where you find yourself, the Lord is near. He is with you. He will not leave you. And as Crystal said, don't give up. Continue leaning into the Lord. Allow Him to be your refuge. And uh, just rest in Him because He's not leaving you. Um, so that is where I will leave you today. I hope you're having a great summer. I know I'm enjoying summer vacation and trying to stay productive, um, but also get some rest. So please reach out anytime. Um, I am praying for you and sending you lots of love from across the miles, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries.